0: Two best of friends. You think we're still gonna hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that That record that you're done. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. A freaking moron. Let's be real, Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hey everybody, welcome in to another exciting edition of the 2M Football Podcast. Uh, Gonna be a little bit different. Show this week, it's gonna be just one M actually, and no one else filling in as Matt, as well as our usual guest co-hosts were all unavailable. Uh, gonna do a solo show with you here today, just from uh, just from me, Mike. And that being the case, we'll keep it short, uh, short and sweet, so it doesn't just sound like a rambling monologue. And I think I found a way to uh, keep Matt's spirit in the show for today, which uh, hopefully. We will all enjoy. So recording this Wednesday afternoon in between NFL week three and week four, going to do just a little bit of week three recap and focus uh, the episode on my picks for week four, as well as entering the fantasy corner briefly to discuss a very, very important matchup for uh, this upcoming week of fantasy football. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Starting with a quick week three recap, Um, the biggest takeaways of the week, we went from six undefeated teams coming into the week down to just two, making it out without a loss. And the last two unbeaten teams in the league are the Dolphins, and they're the only one in the AFC, as well as their NFC counterpart. Of the standings here, I thought I remembered, but I've forgotten now. All oh, the Eagles, the Dolphins, and the Eagles, just as everyone would have predicted preseason, right? Would be the only the last two undefeated teams in the NFL. And at the other end of the spectrum, we also only have two teams that have yet to win a game in this 2022 season; those being the Texans at 0 and 2 and 1, and the Raiders coming out the gates with a surprising 0-3 record. Uh, so Week 3 saw a lot of firsts for teams, whether it be a loss or a win. Uh, another takeaway for the week, are the Jaguars good? They're 2-1 and one now. They've won two games in a row in impressive fashion, shutting out the Colts last week and dominating the Chargers 38-10 on the road this past Sunday. Uh, they've got a great test coming up in Week Four, which I'll preview in just a minute here. But I think it's almost it's time to get start getting excited about these Jaguars, and uh, possibly the most important development of Week Three, a new phenomena slash meme is born in the NFL: the butt punt. Uh, I'll give a little more context on that in a minute too. So, in light of or in the <clears throat> in the theme of keeping the recap section of the show brief um quickly just blitz through these games here like i mentioned the jaguars beat the chargers in probably the biggest upset of the weekend we also had the chiefs taken down by the previously winless colts 17 to 20 a game played in indianapolis where the the colts were able to put the brakes on pat mahomes and that high flying chiefs offense scratch out a win there <clears throat> In terms of our playoff sleeper teams, Matt's Lions lost a close one to the Vikings, 24-28. to 28. The Lions actually led most of this game, another good game for their offense, uh, despite losing DeAndre Swift to injury, which uh, actually didn't stop them much. Jamal Williams had a great game against me in fantasy, of course. Uh, but another takeaway, another positive from this game for the Lions was Jeff Okuda, their cornerback. I think it's his second or third year in the league. Uh, he was Matt's prove-it player. As as a rookie, he was a top-five draft pick, I think. And he was matched up with Justin Jefferson most of this game and did a phenomenal job holding him to just two catches for nine yards. Uh, however, it all went wrong for the Lions at the end, with Kirk Cousins leading a late touchdown drive uh, for what would end up being the game-winning score. And uh, Matt sleepers went 0-2 this week with his Raiders, like I mentioned, fell to 0-3, losing a close game to the Titans. Something had to give here in a battle of surprising 0-2 teams who were both in the playoffs a year ago. And it uh, went the Titans' way. In terms of my playoff sleepers, the Saints lost a really disappointing game, 14-22, to to the Panthers. Uh, in a game where the Saints' defense really dominated, but Alvin Kamara lost a fumble that got returned for a touchdown in the first quarter and uh, the saints just kept having drives break down they turned the ball over a bunch two more interceptions from Jameis, plus camara's fumble and not forcing any of their own put them at a minus three turnover differential for the for the game and then just when they got back into it they scored a touchdown late in the third quarter i believe they made it 13 to 7 but immediately after that the defense broke down giving up a 67 yard touchdown pass To LaVisca Chenault, of all people, um, wide receiver for the Panthers, who caught the ball actually behind the line of scrimmage, juked out a few defenders, and and raced all the way to the end zone. And so the Saints fall to a disappointing 1-2 through their first three games. The Dolphins, on the other hand, and this was the butt-punt game, so I'm going to talk about that now. The Dolphins hosted the Bills in a battle of 2-0 AFC East teams, Uh, One of the most anticipated games of the week, I would say. And before even talking about the game, it has to be noted how banged up the Bills are getting. They lost their safety Micah Hyde to a neck injury for the season. Uh, So he didn't play at all in this game. They were missing their other starting safety in Jordan Poyer and two starting defensive linemen as well. So injuries are beat up, or the Bills are beat up by injury. But getting into the game itself... It was a wild game, and I think we're just going to skip all the way to the end or most of the way to the end. It was tied 14 14 at halftime. Teams were just trading blows back and forth. Miami actually took the lead in the fourth quarter on a touchdown run by Chase Edmonds to go up 21 17. Uh, and then the defense held up there and forcing a turnover on downs on their own two yard line. And this is what this is part of the setup now. So from their two yard line, they couldn't go. Anywhere They went three straight plays. I think they actually went backwards, like a yard and a half. So they're punting uh, from their own goal line. And we just got one of these. We were lucky enough to witness just one of these moments in sports when you're treated to something truly special. (laughs) So punting out of their own end zone. There's always less room than usual for the, the punter being backed up, you know, to the back of the end zone line there. So you're already working with less space than normal. Um, a lot of punts in this situation, when they go full protect, uh, to prevent a block, they'll put a personal protector. It's called like back there, like, you know, halfway between the line and the punter to, to catch anyone that gets through the line and and throw a block. But in this case, the personal protector backed up so far, And they had so little room to work with that as their punter, Thomas Morstead, stepped into the kick, he just (laughs) punted it directly into the backside of his personal protector, and the ball bounced out the back of the end zone for a safety. And thus, the the butt punt was born. In terms of the game, though, that made it 21-19. And being a safety, the Dolphins had to kick it back to the Bills. So they gave the ball back, Needed now just down two points. The Bills only needed a field goal to claim the, the victory here. And Josh Allen drove him up the field, as he does. But time, they had used all their timeouts by this point. And after a completion to Isaiah McKenzie, who failed to get out of bounds, they were probably in range at this point to at least attempt a field goal. So they, they ran up as fast as they could, tried to spike the ball to stop the clock. But they couldn't do it in time, and the game, the clock ran out, and the Dolphins got the win, 21-19. So the Dolphins improved to 3-0. Like I said before, the last undefeated team in the AFC. A couple quick hitters here of other games of the weekend. Uh, Packers beat the Buccaneers 14-12 in a game where the Bucs had no receivers. The Ravens beat the Patriots um, in a game where Mac Jones suffered what has been called a severe ankle sprain. Sounds like he might miss a few weeks. The Rams beat the Cardinals in a game of two offenses that just look really out of sorts right now for whatever reason. Uh, Cowboys beat the Giants on Monday night. Uh, the Eagles beat the Commanders 24-8. to The Eagles get revenge for now over their former quarterback, Carson Wentz. Although the real test, the real revenge game, at least from his side of things, will be when those teams play once again in Philly later in the season. The Broncos beat the Niners in an 11-10 to barn burner on Sunday Night Football. And uh, those are all the big ones. So... Those are the only ones. We'll, I'll, I'll cover for now. You are lying. I want that record. That you're out. Okay. You know what, Matt? <laughs> Gonna take a quick break and come back for the uh, week four preview. And we're back, or should I say, I'm back. Mike here from Two M Football solo show today. Uh, which is great in a way because I have nobody challenging anything I'm saying. You uh, are lying. No, Matt, I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. so let's get into the week four preview then. I've got these games ranked as usual in order of my watchability index. And at the top, I've got Bills at Ravens. Battle of two and one teams. Very surprised this is not a primetime game, uh, but nonetheless, I'm very much looking forward to it. Weirdly, both of these teams only losses to the Miami Dolphins. And we've, we've got two incredible offenses, offenses who are quarterbacked by ridiculously talented QBs. Um, where I see the Bills have a, a very strong edge on the defensive side of the ball, whereas the Ravens' secondary has been a big issue throughout the year so far. Uh, so I'm taking the Bills on the road to beat this uh, to beat the Ravens. Get back on track. My number 2 game of the week is our Thursday night matchup, the 3 and 0 Dolphins taking on the 1 and 2 Bengals. Biggest storyline here is that Tua Tagovailoa Dolphins quarterback is questionable at this point with a with back and ankle injury, which you never want to have going into a short week just playing just 4 games after their their Sunday game. Uh, so hopefully he'll be able to recover in time he says he's doing everything he can to be able to play but it seems like it's no sure thing Uh, if Tua were to miss their backup is teddy bridgewater so definitely could be a lot worse on the Bengals side they just got their first win of the year uh, this past weekend against the jets so looking to build a little momentum after a surprisingly slow start And I actually forgot who I took to win this game. There are a lot of tough ones to pick to me this week. A lot that I've gone back and forth on trying to decide. And I'm taking the Bengals at home. uh, At home on the short week against either the Dolphins' backup quarterback or a Tua that's not at 100%. Could really see this one going either way, though. Next up, I've got the Chiefs at Bucks. Both teams 2-1. and one. This is the Sunday night game. Super Bowl rematch from a couple years ago. And coming into this game, both of these teams lost for the first time this season on Sunday. The Buccaneers, as I mentioned before, for their game against Green Bay, they had literally no receivers. With uh, Mike Evans suspended the one game, and Chris Godwin and Julio Jones hurt... So Evans will be back since it was just a one-game suspension. It seemed like Julio was was close. Uh, not sure about Chris Godwin. So Evans is back for sure. Maybe they get one of those other two guys. That will go a long way towards uh, helping this offense look more like what we've come to expect since Tom Brady came to town. And on the Chiefs' side, we were wondering all offseason how much the loss of Tyreek Hill would hurt them. And... For the first time, really, against the Colts, they were unable to move the ball and put points on the board the way that we're also used to seeing. And this is another tough one to pick. Scrolling through my list here to remember who I picked. I'm taking the Chiefs on the road. Uh, next up for me is, would not have pegged this as a top game preseason, but Jaguars at Eagles. 2-1 Jaguars, undefeated Eagles, Doug Peterson, revenge game. Of course, he was the coach in Philadelphia for um, a few years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Now he comes back to town as the Jaguars head coach, looking to turn that franchise around. Uh, like I said before, Jaguars, after losing week one, they, they're coming off back-to-back impressive and really dominant victories. And for their part, the Eagles have really looked like the best team in football for three weeks. On offense, they've been great with Jalen Hurts and that A.J. Brown a trade paying dividends immediately. And they've looked really good on the defensive side, too. Just really solid. So I think this should be a really entertaining matchup. Hard to pick against the Eagles, though, at home in their current form. Uh, Rams at 49ers, I got up next. Divisional battle here. Rams are 2-1, and one, Niners 1-2. One and two. On San Francisco's side, they lost their tackle, Trent Williams. Um, he'll be out the next month or so due to an ankle injury. So that's a big loss, big blow to their offensive line. And uh, really, both of these offenses have underwhelmed in a big way this season. Especially the Rams, who were so great last year prolific offense in Matt Stafford's first season there. And then they bring in Allen Robinson, who mixed feelings about him after how things ended in Chicago, but many still thought, including the Rams, clearly the contract they gave him, something like three years, 45 million, uh, that he still had something left in the tank through three games. Not sure if that's the case, um, could should be a good defensive struggle. And if I'm not wrong about this, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, who is, of course, the 49 ers starter now that Trey Lance is out, has a very good record against the Rams. So this should be an interesting one. Uh, I got to give the Rams the edge, though. Vikings at Saints in London I've got up next. I love these London games. The, the football day goes from like 8.30 starts at 8 30 a.m. instead of having to wait till noon so uh the family love it too because i'm watching football from 8 30 a.m. till like 11 30 at night so that'll be a good time and in terms of the matchup vikings at saints uh, vikings are two and one saints one and two i feel like there's a little bit of a rivalry that's developed between these two teams in the last few years just meeting in the playoffs several times very dramatic finishes and um Controversial finishes to those games. <clears throat> so I think that'll be fun. I'm um, scrolling through my picks again, because this is a, one I had a hard time. Maybe that's because I'm biased towards the Saints as my playoff sleeper team, but um, but I am going against them in this case and uh, taking the Vikings. I was going to say on the road, but they're both on the road <laughs> in a big way. Uh, Broncos at Raiders. Got next. Broncos are two and one. Raiders zero and three. AFC West battle. That uh, you know this division looks so loaded preseason, but all four teams have really disappointed to some extent. Somehow the Broncos, despite how terrible they've looked on offense, are at two and one. Are tied for first. Or, yeah, tied for first place with the Chiefs uh, through three weeks. But as bad as they've been on offense, they've been equally impressive on defense. Whereas the Raiders have just kind of been all over the place. It's hard to see them going 0-4, but just and actually the consensus seems to have the Raiders as the favorite. But I think this might be the game the Broncos start to get their offense figured out a little bit. Uh, At least I hope so, for the purposes of my fantasy team. Taking the Broncos there. Uh, Titans at Colts, one and two Titans coming off their first victory. Actually, both these teams coming off their first win of the season. Titans one and two, Colts one one and one. Uh, AFC South divisional battle between the teams that uh, Matt and I picked to win the division. I picked the Colts this year. He picked Tennessee, I believe. And uh, another situation where they they've both been poor through the first three weeks i'm taking the colts though patriots sitting at one and two travel to lambo take on the two and one packers it looks like mac jones is expected to miss this game in which case the veteran backup brian hoyer will be the starter and uh you know it's a downgrade for sure On the Packers side, they definitely still have a lot to figure out on offense. They haven't been impressive um, through their first three games. Still trying to figure out the pecking order in that receiving core. We've seen the rookie, uh, Romeo Dobbs, playing really well. Kind of living up to his offseason hype. Whereas they're, they're. more, their higher drafted rookie Christian Watson has been hurt most of the year so far um, and throughout the offseason. It's really all about, or things, it's, it's all, it is all about the ground game in Green Bay now. They're probably, you could argue outside of Rodgers, their two best players on offense are A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. So you'd imagine things will run through there. Uh, but I think that and I think the Packers defense will be more than capable of handling uh, this Brian Hoyer led uh, Patriots team. So taking the Packers and they're my eliminator pick for the week. Next up, we got Chargers one and two at Texans who are o and two and one. Now, if you remember back to last, I forget if it was November or December, the Texans pulled off a shocking upset. In the same matchup, where when the Colts or the Chargers, rather, were pushing for a playoff spot, and this loss to Houston really derailed those hopes. Sitting here now, several months, you know, almost a year later, it's uh, the Chargers are kind of in rough shape again. They're super banged up on both sides of the ball. They're down Rayshon Slater on the at tackle on their offensive line. Uh, He's out for the season. Lindsley, the center, is hurt too. Uh, Joey Bosa is going to be out in the next several weeks. They didn't have J.C. Jackson, their superstar. Uh, Huge free agent, cornerback acquisition. He missed last week's game. Still got Justin Herbert banged up. He played, but he's still dealing with the fractured rib cartilage suffered in week two. Um, Bit of good news. They are hoping to get Keenan Allen, one of their, or probably their top wide receiver, just in terms of passing volume. Uh, back from a hamstring injury, so that would help a lot. On the Texans' side, uh, Davis Mills struggling in year two, but Damian Pierce, their rookie running back, is is coming off a big game against Chicago on the ground, and that's been an Achilles heel for this Chargers defense lately, the last couple couple years, really. I'm not picking the Texans to pull off the upset, but uh, it wouldn't shock me the way the Chargers are playing right now. I am picking the Chargers, though, for the record. Uh, next, we've got Commanders 1-2, and 2, taking on the 2-1 and 1 Cowboys. Uh, it's looking like another week of Cooper Rush at, at filling in for the injured Dak Prescott, though he's saying he could be back as early as Week 5. Uh, that being said, though, Rush has played pretty well. Nothing super flashy, but he's made some nice throws, kept this offense moving, and he's 2-0 and 0 as a starter this year. Uh, on the commander's side, their defense is looking really bad once again. That incredibly dominant twenty twenty unit of theirs is just a memory. I'm taking the Cowboys to win this one, uh, pretty at, pretty easily. Bears at Giants, a battle of kind of surprising two and one teams. And in terms of my own watchability rankings, you wouldn't. You wouldn't think a battle between two, two and one teams would be so low. But these are just some of the most painful offenses in football to watch right now. And that's what I'm expecting here. Just a defensive struggle. Not a lot of points being put on the board. And uh, this is another one that I had a really hard time picking. Could see it go either way, but I'm taking the Giants at home. Three, four more here. Cardinals at Panthers. This is where the notes get more and more sparse. The Cardinals are 1-2, Panthers 1-2 and two coming off their first win. Uh, Panthers have played really good defense, which we expected. Uh, what we, or at least I, was not expecting was how terrible Baker Mayfield has looked so far. I feel like the Cardinals should win this game, but they're incredibly banged up on offense too. With James Conner nursing an injury. Uh, they're not expecting A.J. Green. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is still suspended. So, and and Kyler hasn't looked great. That all that said though, I will still take the Cardinals to win this game. Uh, Jets at Steelers. Um, the Jets are one and two. Steelers also one and two, I believe Jets are gonna get Zach Wilson back from a knee injury he suffered in the preseason. Uh, Although it's up for debate how much of an upgrade he is over Joe Flacco, who had looked pretty good, actually, starting the first three games. Uh, One thing to watch here, though, since the Steelers are back home at... uh, Not Heinz Field, I forgot what the new one is called. Or what they renamed it to, but it'll always be Heinz Field for a lot of people. But if if they're losing and Mitch Trubisky is playing poorly... That could get ugly in front of a home crowd that's really been clamoring for rookie um, Kenny Pickett, who was, of course, their first-round draft pick this year. I'm taking the Steelers, though, to win this game, so I don't think it'll get to that point necessarily. Uh, Seahawks at Lions. Both these teams, one and two. Uh, Lions could be without a couple offensive starters, and DeAndre Swift, their superstar running back, and then Amon Ross, St. Brown. A wide receiver who has been just a revelation since about halfway through last season. Uh, so it seems like Swift is likely to be out Saint Brown could play but he has he's got an ankle injury so he'll be he'll be trying to get healthy in time for this game. Uh, really either way I'll take the Lions to get a win here And then finally Browns and Falcons taking the Browns no analysis one more short break and then I will talk about fantasy football for a couple minutes. Now let's take a trip down to the fantasy corner. And we're back with the fantasy corner back in the corner of fantasy football that is. And, um, It's a very important week coming up in fantasy football, as I referenced at the top of the show. Me and Matt are going head-to-head in our season-long redraft ESPN League. Uh, As usual, of course, we will be doing a karaoke bet. I have Matt's approval off-air to to announce that, (laughs) the loser, and that means the loser of our matchup this week will sing karaoke on the podcast, maybe next week, maybe some future time, but... It will be taken note of so that we don't forget. Last year we did hits such as uh, I sang Barbie Girl and Matt sang uh, Never Gonna Give You Up. Those are a few of our highlights from last year's last season karaoke bets. Uh, But in terms of our fantasy matchup, we both come into this game off of losses. Uh, Although Matt's was much more respectable than mine. And so, uh, coming into week four, Matt's one and two. Uh, My team is two and one. And just to break down the matchup for you a little bit, uh, my issues are at the quarterback position. I've got Russell Wilson, who has been terrible for fantasy through three weeks. Uh, It's a super flex league, so I've got I'm starting Wilson and Tua Tagovailoa, who I hope and pray will play on Thursday night. Otherwise, um. There are no free agents. Since it's a two-quarterback league, there's no starting quarterbacks on the waiver wire, Uh, but I would be able to grab Bridgewater. I should probably grab him now, just in case, uh, to start in an emergency situation if Tua were to end up missing the game. Uh, My biggest issue is probably so it's quarterback, and then it's running back, too. Ezekiel Elliott is my RB1, even though he's been performing more like a low-end RB2. I've got J.K. Dobbins, who finally played for the first time last week, but he's got a tough matchup against Buffalo and still isn't getting all the all the work in that backfield as he gets back to 100% from that injury he suffered last year. Uh, tight end is a question mark, but it really is for everybody who doesn't have Kittle or Mark Andrews, uh, which neither of us, sorry, not Kittle, um, Kelsey or Mark Andrews. Matt has Kittle, that's what I was looking at. I've got Gerald Everett slotted in there right now. The strength of my team is the receivers, where I've got Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, and um, Cortland Sutton on Denver, who has been doing pretty well, despite Russ's struggles for himself. He's been delivering the ball to Sutton, so that is nice, at least. Uh, Matt is starting Joe Burrow and Jacoby Brissett, at quarterback and uh, Superflex. He's also got Matt Ryan on the bench, so could make that swap. Uh, and then looking at the rest of his team, DeAndre Swift injured, so that helps me. He's got Marquise Hollywood-Brown as the uh, one of his top receivers, along with Allen Robinson, Mike Williams. Eckler at running back, who is kind of underwhelmed, uh, just like a lot of the Chargers have so far this year and then Kittle at tight end, and then Cordero Patterson at flex, who has actually been really solid through the first couple weeks. So he's also got Alexander Madison in there for some reason right now, but I think Dalvin Cook is actually going to play, so I assume he will make that switch. Otherwise, uh, that could be good for me. The projections at the moment, which mean nothing, and I shouldn't take anything from, but the projections favor me. Mike, by a score of 130 to 106, but as we've seen, and anyone who plays fantasy football knows, the projections are uh, always wrong, so I should be scared by this. But, uh, yeah, of course, we will update on that result next week. And I think that's about it. That's all I got for you today. We're going to be uh, hopefully we'll both be back in the virtual recording studio next week. We'll recap week four of the NFL. Uh, we'll obviously talk fantasy football. Hopefully one of us will deliver on the karaoke bet. And then we will, as as the quarter, will be basically a quarter of the way through the regular season. After week four, we'll do our first edition, uh, per tradition, of Contender or Pretender, where we'll go through every team, uh, briefly discuss their record and whether we think they're a legitimate contender to make the playoffs this year. And other than that, um, that is all we got for you this week. I want that record that you're out. Okay. Thank you, Matt, for that one more time. All right. We'll uh, catch up with you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the 2M football podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.